Hey, good morning and welcome. We are going to worship Jesus today. I am so excited. God, you are so beautiful. We give you this time. We give you our worship, God, this morning. Would you come and have your way, God, as we release the sounds of your sons and daughters this morning, God, would you just be glorified in Jesus' name.
healing and you're comfortable with people coming around you, would you raise your hand? If you need healing and you're comfortable with people coming to you, raise your hand because we want to pray right now.
when our unbelief tries to come up, Jesus. I believe. Help my unbelief, Jesus. Because you are the God of miracles. You are the God of miracles. You are the God of miracles.
atmosphere is changing now. Oh, the Spirit of the Lord is here. The evidence is all around that the Spirit of the Lord is here. The atmosphere is changing now For the Spirit of the Lord is here The evidence is all around That the Spirit of the Lord is here Overflow in this place Really
about come just like it is in heaven do you want to hear what it's like in heaven listen to the testimony of a woman who's been to heaven who died was miraculously healed just tell us a couple of things about what it was like in heaven so there's no pain there's no feeling of sadness there's no mourning there's joy overflowing the love of God pours into you like a cup that overflows continuously it never stops it never says well I'm full at this point no it's always overflowing at all times that's our God give him a hand that's our God want you to take your imagination. I know some people think this is a little out there, but it's sanctified. He gave us the ability to imagine so that we can create. He gave us an ability to imagine so that what we have read about by faith we can grab onto and bring down onto the earth. If you are in need of peace, if you are in need of love, if you are in need of purpose, I'm asking right now that you would grab hold of that testimony and declare right now, repeat after me, I decree and I declare that by the power of Jesus Christ, receiving a never-ending supply of love. 
am wanted. I have purpose. I know whose I am. And I am going to do great things for God as Holy Spirit empowers me. Oh, that's our God. 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 We're so grateful that we get to worship him. I want you to stay in this place of worship. Grab your communion elements. Uh, you should have received a cup when you came in. If not, there are some right at the back. I bet people will help you with that. Out of the book of Romans, chapter 5, Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand. And we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. When we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. Say, while we were still sinners. And since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. You are a son and you are a daughter and you are also a friend, a friend of a perfect God who sees you in your brokenness and loves you into wholeness. Oh, this is the God we serve. Take a moment right now if there's something that you know that is just not right. We just don't want to have anything hinder Holy Spirit dwelling in us. We don't want to grieve him. We just don't want to make him sad because we're holding on to doubt or fear, unforgiveness. Just let it go. You are a friend of God. You can pull on your daddy God. You can pull on your big brother. Where you have a lack, he's got his wholeness. So take that moment. Let him search your heart. So Lord, we do. We thank you right now for that beautiful flow from the cross of Calvary that speaks across all time. That still speaks a better word. It still speaks a better word. It still speaks a better word. That cross speaks a better word. And Jesus, you're not dead in a grave. You are gloriously alive. You are alive forevermore. And because you live now, we live in you. In you we live and move and have our being. So we receive these elements with gratitude this morning. We say thank you, Lord. We are coming together with faith, apprehending, and taking hold of everything you have died to give us and what you are living now to fill us with. So church, take and eat. 
this body of Christ broken for you and his shed blood for you. Amen. friends of God. How y'all doing? Good? All right. If someone would grab the lights in the back, that would be terrific. Thank you for that. You can be seated. Yeah, you can just flip them up. We want the lights on. Thank you. They're, oh, they are already on. Good. Okay. Just that kind of day, I guess, huh? Wow. Wow, God. Jesus, we just love soaking in you, in your goodness, in your loving kindness. On earth as it is in heaven. And Debbie King's already had a taste of it. Mm -hmm. And I think the confidence you have when you've encountered the Lord whether it's here on earth or you've had maybe some prophetic word or a dream or like in Debbie's case, an actual literal experience of dying and going to heaven and then being resurrected, you just know God is for you. He really is for you. He's not holding us in some sort of judgment. He's always seeing what he's doing at work in us. He sees us for who we are. And what he's doing is glorious, 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 glorious. Well, we're going to, um, I guess, just release our kids. They're kind of on their way there. Um, Jackie, Miss Jackie's in the back. And we're kind of having one children's class again today. We're short. Um, some of our key, key and beautiful uh, faculty because of life circumstances. So you're all going to play with Miss Jackie. She's so awesome. So, Lord, we pray over all of these children this morning. We thank you for each boy and each girl. We thank you that you have a good plan for their life. I thank you that they will encounter you this morning as they spend time with you and with one another. We ask that they would know your love and be filled up to overflowing with your power and your anointing today. Oh, we bless them in Jesus' name, and we thank Miss Jackie for loving on our kids today. All right, go get them. It's so much fun to see people coming into the house again, and we just have to say to Roger and Emily, we love you. Our Kenyans are in the house representing. Yeah. And we just know, like, there's life, right? It's tough to have four kids in a service when there's no children's ministry. And that was one of the things we so desired to have that start back up again because our children are so important. We love them. We want to serve them well. Um, you can continue to keep Paul and Debbie and Riley in your prayers as Pastor Paul is still in uh, Minnesota along with Lisa who heads up our children's ministry. Their dad is, you know, going through all the procedures that you do when you're having a cancer diagnosis. And so um, he's getting good treatment at the Mayo Clinic, but he's had some hits. So let's just continue to press in. Keep them all in prayer that the shalom of God, nothing broken, nothing missing would matter manifest in their life. 
Well, today's a good day. We're going to um, do a couple of things and then bring up our amazing Miss Natalie Crawford to preach the Word of God. I want to give you an opportunity as well as we stay in that flow of worship. Uh, we do receive your tithes and your offerings. We're so grateful. We want to say hello to our online audience as well. Thank you for being with us this morning. It is great to have you here. And let's just, hey, hello, give them a shout out. So we're so grateful you're watching, you're joining us online. I say hi to my mom. I got to see her yesterday, which was great fun. She's going to turn 92 in September. And so she came out for a family party at my house yesterday, which was really great to welcome her. Um, we also had yesterday, some of you were participating in a food drive. We got back doing that at Roach Brothers. All the proceeds benefit A Place to Turn, which is our local food pantry here in Natick, serving all of Metro West. As you know, during COVID, the need almost doubled, and yet their donations started to go down. So our food drive yesterday, thanks to Diane Arminio and her team, they uh, received 630 pounds of food. That is a lot of food. And so a place to turn is very appreciative of everyone who helped with that. And uh, as they also do too, they also receive cash donations. So that's so great. Anyway, that's a long way to say I was getting back to our uh, time of uh, receiving our tithes and offerings. It's just whatever you're giving into this house, it just has such multiple blessings. You cannot give God. He's been faithful in my life, even when I had lack. I remember when I moved overseas, I was living in Israel, which is not an inexpensive place. It's like similar to the Boston housing market. So my rent at the time 20 years ago is 800 bucks a month, and that's without utilities. And um, I was earning $17,000 a year. God provided, and I had no lack. Now, that should not even be possible, right? But I had no lack. You can't outgive God when you keep giving him your tithes, when you give him your first fruits. He is so faithful to just pour into your life. It doesn't mean that um, we don't still have bumps in the road. It doesn't mean that there are times when we really are wondering how God is going to pay our mortgage this month or pay, pay our property taxes or our heating bill or whatever it is. Or all of a sudden, I had a car repair last month, and it was $1,300 by the time I paid for all, four new tires, balance, alignment. I had a pipe. I had all these things that I hadn't done during COVID, and, you know, it added up. But God is there. He's faithful. He's going to take care of you. And he does. He's just good that way. He's just good. You can't outgive him. So if you are making out a check, you can uh, make it out to the Bridge Metro West. There's a basket in the back. You can drop that off after service. Uh, if you want to give securely on your smartphone or your iPad or whatever tablet you're carrying, you can do that. You can text to 77977, one word, Bridge Metro West. And you'll get a secure link, and you can also donate that way. So thank you for that. Do that anytime. We are so grateful you're doing it. <laughs> I'm just feeling God's so good. One last housekeeping announcement. Uh, 
big reminder. We've got Ken Fish that's coming in this Friday and Saturday. This is our first regional conference in a while, so come on, Ken Fish. He is packing the heat, and he's going to be talking about how we steward our spiritual inheritance. And we stand on the shoulders of people like John Paul Jackson and John Thomas and some other greats. And so we're so grateful we get to welcome him in and let him impart his wisdom. And he's also, it's amazing signs and wonders are happening too. So the Holy Spirit will be here. And that's really who we're coming out for. We're coming out to worship God and to receive what Holy Spirit has for us. So let us turn our attention to the preaching of the word. I love that Natalie has a whole purple royal thing going on today. She got the memo. Purple is an awesome thing. You're going to press, there's a red button underneath because it's just fancy that way. And then when that guy comes on, you're ready to go. So we just love you, Natalie. We're so grateful for who you are. We're so grateful that you are a woman of excellence, that you have purpose to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, your mind, your soul, your strength. You are a faithful servant of the God of the God we serve. You are faithful in your giftings. You steward intercession so well. You love the Bible. You love the Word, and you love the God of the Bible. And so I'm so grateful we get to welcome you here this morning. Would you please give her a warm bridge welcome? Thank you, Natalie. Thank you. Thank you very much. And right now, can we just stand to our feet and find at least five things to thank God for? So, Father, we just say thank you for this day. We thank you, Father, for the finished work of the cross, God, and all that you have done so that we can have full access to you. God, we don't take it for granted. You have blessed us to see this new day that you've made. We thank you for strength, Father. We thank you for all of the provisions that you have made for us, a roof over our heads, hot water, Father. The things that we take for granted, God, we just say, thank you thank you thank you right now and God I thank you for what you will do today in Jesus name I always um, want to encourage you to take the time to thank God because the thanksgiving it takes your it takes the attention off of things that you're dealing with and struggling with and it puts the attention on God I'll, I'll do a quick testimony very quick um uh, earlier, a couple of, about a month or so ago, I was having my driveways repave. I have two driveways and they had to rip up concrete and, you know, repave them with asphalt. And on one, uh, and one of the driveways where the sewer pipe was, I did not know this. The house that I have was built in 1920, so you can just well imagine. And so the sewer pipe that goes right to the main sewer drain for the city was, that section of it was made of clay. So when the uh, contractor ripped up the concrete, the sewer pipe broke. So here I am, I have the yard exposed with a broken sewer pipe. And I'm like, oh my God, and, and my mind is running, this is gonna cost 
God knows how much, a lot of money and all of these things. And I immediately then start to reign in my mind. And I said, Father, I just thank you that you have a solution for this problem. I thank you right now for the contract that will come. I thank you, Father, for the provision. Lord, I thank you for working this thing out beyond what I expected. And didn't he work it out? I, we thought that they thought that they would have to rip, um, move all the pipe all the way to the house. It was just that small section of clay, um, which was replaced with the PVC pipe. Um, the sewer, the section where it would connect to the sewer was right there. It, I thought it was going to cost thousands of dollars. By the time the guy, he said, oh, I will give you a quote for under a thousand. He said 800. Then by the time he was finished, he charged me $650. Now, I could have been fretting and stressing and thinking the worst and giving place to the enemy and then have a fulfilling prophecy for what I'm saying out of my mouth. But because I started thanking God and thanking him in advance for what I wanted to see happen, he did it. And so always make sure that you're thanking God. So I just want to say good morning to everyone that's in house. Good morning to those of you who are joining us online. Um, Father, I just thank you for this time right now. I don't take it lightly when you have me to stand before your people. God, I just thank you and for the word that you will release through me, not to impress God, but to impact and to transform. God, I, I take authority right now over the atmosphere. Every interference in the atmosphere right now, we stand against that. I declare right now that this word will be released. It will be heard the way that you intended. And I declare, Father, that it will be activated and that your children will begin to move into this word and receive what you have for them in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh. So <laughs> they are laughing because they know that this is not the place that I would prefer to be. So a couple of months ago, I was in prayer and the Lord gave, just said, I heard him say, uh, don't despise your wilderness. And I'm like, oh, what does that mean? And then I started thinking, oh my goodness, maybe I'm going to be going into some hard place. So I, I wrote down what he said and I, I just started reading and studying about um, the wilderness and what it meant. Um, Pastor Paul had wanted me to, he had asked me to speak and he said, you know, he wanted me to speak on like the, the, the blessing of serving. But as I started to, to prepare for that, I was diverted back to this message. And so I had to really press in and, um, and just allow the Holy Spirit to kind of um, unfold what he wanted to add to what I had already written down. Um, so the Hebrew definitions, there's several definitions for wilderness. Um, one is desolation. And one is desert or speech. One is waste, desolation, formless. One is a remote place or a deserted place. And so the wilderness, it represents a place of isolation, um, a place of divine deliverance. It represents a place of encounters with God. It is a place where revelation is received and hope is renewed. And it is a place where supernatural provision is given. And it's a place also of testing that allows us to see our level of faith and 
spiritual maturity. So today, um, the, our first scripture, we'll be looking at Genesis 16. Uh, Genesis 16 gives an account of Hagar, a young slave girl who finds herself in a hard place where she is sexually exploited and abused by the ones who she is dependent on for her livelihood. It's just, just a hard place. And her name means um, resident alien, like ha meaning the and gar meaning resident alien. And I know what it is to be a resident alien because before I became um, a, a citizen, before I became a U.S. citizen, I was considered a resident alien. I had an immigration card, which is known as green card. I don't know why they call it a green card because mine was blue. Um, so I know what it is. And that like the resident alien, you like you don't necessarily have all of the benefits of citizenship. And for us here, we are a type of resident aliens. We were a type of resident aliens until we became citizens of heaven, citizens of the kingdom, so to speak. So Genesis gave the account of this, and we're going to pick up in Genesis 16, verse 6 to 14. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm not sure if they're going to put it on the screen, but I'm reading from the Amplified Version. And it says, but Abram said to Sarai, Here, here's your mate. So previously, you know, you all know the account of Sarah trying to figure things out and trying to do God's work. And so she is recommending that her husband sleeps with her maid to have a child so that they can have this heir. And so he, uh, Abraham listens to her. Um, Hagar gets pregnant. She's all upset. She's despising um, her, you know, her mistress. And so then it gets to the point where you know, Sarah is upset because Hagar is upset and, and, mis, and acting like disrespectful to her. So we're picking up here. Abram said to Sarai, here, see here your maid is in your hand and power to do. Do as you please with her. And when Sarai dealt severely with her, humbling and afflicting her, she, Hagar, fled from her. But the angel of the Lord found her by a spring of water in the wilderness on the road to Shur. And he said, Hagar, Sarah's maid, Sarai's maid, where did you come from and where are you intending to go? And she said, I am running away from my mistress. The angel of the Lord said to her, go back to your mistress and humbly submit to her control. Also, the angel of the Lord said to her, I will multiply your descendants exceedingly so that they shall not be numbered for multitude. And the angel of the Lord continued, see, you are with child and shall bear a son and shall call his name Ishmael. God hears because the Lord has heard and paid attention to your affliction. You know, and I, I've read this so many times, but, you know, when I'm reading it now with the intention of um, hearing what God is saying for now and, and, and the teaching, I mean, I, I was just like so filled up. Um, so... And, she, and, 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 he, and so God goes on to tell her about Ismael, what, what's going to happen to him. And so at the end, she, she, so she, the, the word says, so she called the name of the Lord who spoke to her. You are a God of seeing. For she says, have I not even here in the wilderness looked upon him who sees me? Now pause on that. He sees me. And live, or have I not also seen the future purposes and designs of him who sees me? Therefore, the well was called Beer Lahiroi, a, a well to the living one who sees me. 
just constantly Jehovah Roy, El Roy, El R O I, the God who sees me. We are never outside of his vision. It is understandable why Hagar would, it's understandable why she would despise her mistress. I, you know, you can't really fault her, even though she was a slave, because she was forced into a situation where she had no say in the situation. She did not ask for it, and she could not refuse it. With no foreseeable resource, recourse, she decided that she was going to run away. So she was going to head to shore. So she left and went into the wilderness. But it was there in the wilderness that God revealed himself to Hagar, the resident alien, addressed her as Sarai's maid. And I thought that that was really important because he didn't say, he said, Hagar, Sarai's maid. And he wanted her to know right then and there, I know who you are. I know about you. I know you personally, even though she did not know him yet. He knew her. He knew who she was. He knew her situation. And then he instructed her to return to the place where she was running from and to her situation. How difficult how difficult must that have been when you're being sexually exploited, being sexually, being abused in every way, and then you are hearing to go back to the place where you're experiencing this. I've been on this journey, uh, a, a journey with the Lord starting this year, um, you know, in January is my birthday, and I usually go into a time of fasting and seeking and hearing the Lord and, and his direction. And the this couple of months since the year started I've been in this place where um, God is constantly revealing different facets of his nature of his character of his attributes to me and the more I see him and the closer I get to him the more I am willing to yield and the more I trust him and the more that I realize that God everything that he does is always for my best interest regardless of whether I know regardless of whether I understand the full picture that nothing that he instructs me to do nothing that he positions me for is going to take me under and so here you're, you're hearing this go back um, but he reveals he didn't just say to go back but he, he, he didn't stop there with this seemingly unbearable instruction to her he reveals to her a prophetic promise that gave her hope for a better future that's the thing the, 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 I mean you think about what he's saying to her and that prophetic promise was going to take her out of a place of slavery into a place of independence so in essence God was saying to her go back and I will guarantee a great future for you and your seed and notice that he was saying now normally if she is getting pregnant and the process that they do um at that time, that child really did not belong to her. It was Sarah's and Abraham. But notice God did not say that. He didn't say that. He said, this is your seed. Now, normally the seed is from the man, attributed to the man, but he said, this is your seed and I'm going to bless you. So God was letting her know that the child within her womb was not Sarah's. And he just think, notice what he did. He gave her the same prophetic word that he gave Abraham. 
a resident alien who was not part of the household, so to speak, just a slave. And he said to her, he was going to multiply her descendants. He had said to Abraham previously um, that he would, that, that his descendants was, if you could count the dust, that's how extensive his descendants was going to be. So you just pause and think about, the more I read this, like I'm like, oh my gosh, and I've read this so many times. So whenever we find ourselves in a hard place, we need to keep in mind that our present is not our future. That that present situation that she was dealing with was not her future. And so we gotta look beyond the present to the future. Because the God we serve, the God of hope, he is the God of hope, the God of hope. There's always hope for our future. He says that in Jeremiah 31, 70. He said, but there's hope for your future. And so as we trust in him, he will fill us with joy and peace so that we will overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's in Romans 15, 13, that's what it says. So don't despise. If you're in a wilderness situation, a hard situation, don't despise your wilderness because it's in the wilderness where you come to know the reality and the truth of God and his word. His eyes are in every place watching the good and the evil. So his eyes will was in that place watching Hagar's circumstances and he saw her situation second chronicles 16 9 says for the eyes of the Lord roam to and fro through the whole earth to show himself strong on the behalf of those whose hearts are pure towards him whose hearts are blamed God's eyes is roaming through and fro through the earth watching us to show himself strong on the behalf of us as we are standing in faith to believe him. So it was in the wilderness that Hagar encountered God and came to know him personally as El Roy, the God who sees and the God who hears because Ishmael's name means God hears. That's what his name means. So just, just think that God said to her, how comforting it is for him to say, I see and I hear. And there are times when we're going through difficult situations. Like I was like fretting about my job the other day. I mean, I am grateful for a job. I, I, I'm thankful that I have a job and, you know, I do it to the highest level of excellence and I get the greatest reward when the nursing students walk across that stage and they get their nursing pen and they email me and say, oh, I passed my test and I got my job. It is the highlight of my life when they say that. But there are times when it's so challenging and I feel like sometimes it, it, it takes, if I don't be careful, it'll take so much of my attention from the things that I want to do ministry-wise. Like sometimes I am, like I go to sleep sometimes and I'm dreaming. Like right now I'm planning ceremonies for our Boston and Charlotte campus and I dream like the, the programs weren't ready and I'm like, oh my goodness. So I'm like, God. And so I said, Lord, and he said, I know how you feel, Natalie, and I hear how, I, I, I know how you feel, and I see how you are doing with this. Like, and it just shut me right up. He wants us to know he hears and he sees. That's the important thing. The God who sees El Roy, he gave her sight to see a better future that would be coming for her at 
some point in this walk with God, we may find ourselves experiencing difficult circumstances, and it is in those difficult, seemingly hopeless situations that God sees us when no one else does. It was in that place of no distraction. You're in the wilderness, and we, we, we've heard like some of what the definitions were, desolation, um, a remote place, but the, the specific um, interpretation that was used for this passage of scripture is midbar, which is desert or speak. So when you find yourself sometimes in this place that seems like a wilderness, it is there where God is going to speak. And so we want to be, we don't, don't despise. If you feel like you're in this place, don't despise because God is going to speak. It was in that place. The God who sees gave her a vision to see. The wilderness may seem like a place of barrenness and isolation, but it can be a place where hope springs. It can be a place where you receive what you need to sustain you. And how interesting that where she was, where God find her, she was next to a spring. And then she got hope, a word of, that brought hope to spring up in her. So she was by the spring when God found her. She wasn't even looking for her. And she was not even asking. She didn't, she, didn't, she didn't know who he was. But being true to God's word, he provided the opportunity for her to hear and to receive what she needed to ignite hope. He said in his word, and this is, this is something that I pray for the unsaved. Um, and, you know, when, when children, uh, parents are talking to me about their children, I pray this word. He said, I, was ver I reveal myself to those who did not ask for me. And I was found by those who did not seek me. That's Isaiah 65 and 1. And see, she was not asking for him because she didn't know to ask for him. She was not seeking him, but he revealed himself to her and allowed her to find him. So now we're going to fast forward, you know, to uh, Genesis 21. S -s Sarah's name is now changed. It's from Sarai to Sarah. Abram's name is changed to Abraham. They've received their new identity. They have their son. Much rejoicing. In the midst of all the fanfare and the rejoicing, Ismail acts up now because he's all, she, she birthed the son. He's grown. He's a certain age. And now he acts up. He's mocking the child and gets both of them kicked out of the house. So now both him and his mom are kicked out of the house. So picking up Genesis 21, verse 14 to 21. So Abram rose early in the morning and took bread and a bottle of water and gave them to Hagar, putting them on her shoulders. And he sent her and the youth away. And she wandered aimlessly and lost her way in the wilderness of Beersheba. When the water in the bottle was all gone, Hagar caused the youth to lie down under one of the shrubs. Then she went and sat down opposite him a good way off about a bow shot, for she said, let me not see the death of the lad. And as she sat there opposite him, he lifted up his voice and wept, and she raised her voice and wept, and God heard. And God heard, because she had this son whose name meant God hears, and he heard. 
And God heard the voice of the youth, and the angel of God called to Hagar out of heaven and said to her, What troubles you, Hagar? Fear not, for God has heard the voice of the youth where he is. Arise, uh, raise up the youth, and support him with your hand, for I intend to make him a great nation. So God reiterates when he said something, he means what he says. Not one word would fall to the ground. And so he is going to perform his word. He watches over his word to perform it. And so he is reiterating to her what he said. Then God opened her eyes and she saw a well of water. And she went and filled the empty bottle with water and caused the youth to drink. And God was with the youth and he developed. And he dwelt in the wilderness and became an archer. He dwelt in the wilderness of Paran and his mother took a wife for him out of Egypt. And now I've read this uh, passage of scripture like a, a whole lot of times. And I always felt bad for Hagar. Um, because I'm thinking, oh my goodness, she is a single parent. Um, in those days, women didn't own property. They were dependent on the male, and they were throwing her out of the house. And God said to Abraham, go ahead and do what Sarah says. And I wondered about that until, of course, this year, when I know that God always looks out for the best interests of his people, and God is never going to have us to do anything that, you know, contradicts what his character is. So, you know, he, how cruel was it, I thought, but it was necessary. As I read this over again, and as he highlighted the promises and everything, it was necessary for them to leave so that they could come into the prophetic destiny that God had for Hagar when she first encountered him in the wilderness. You know, he said, this is what I'm going to do. Now, if she was under their roof, that could not have happened. She could not have come into that place. And Bible scholars said that where they were, um, when they moved by that well, where she, where she was able to get the water, that she ended up being someone that sold water to caravans as they came by. So... Some of the some of the Bible scholars said that, that so that well in essence, if it's true, became an income stream for her, and she then became independent, not having to depend, not having to bow and scrape, not having to be under that yoke. It was in the wilderness that Hagar encountered God a second time, and this time, see, the first time that she 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 ran away. Um, you know, and she kind of was lost her way. But this time in the wilderness, it was an intentional direction. She had to, she went to the wilderness. She lost her way this time. Um, she, before it was intentional, this time she lost her way. Um, and not only did she lose her way this time, she lost hope. She forgot what God had said. And it's uh, either that or she, you know, we have to build up a relationship with the Lord. There are things that God had said to me previously that now I am more responsive because I know, okay, I don't have to worry and think, oh, is he really going to do this? Because I have established a relationship with God. I have gone through a whole lot. And so now I know that when God says something, 
He's going to do it. He might not do it in the time that I expect. So now I do not put, and he might not do it the way I want. So now I've learned not to put any kind of preconceived ideas and expectation on how or when. I just have to know that he's going to do it. And that's it. And so, you know, so I could understand, but she either forgot or she because of the level of relationship that she had with the Lord she it she wasn't even thinking what God had said that she was going to be moving into a new future but she cried out and God heard and responded and see that's the thing where now the relationship is going to be built up because here is another opportunity for her to see the manifestation of what God says um, name your son hey, um, Ishmael because I want you to know that I hear and here you find yourself in this situation and you are crying out he's crying out also and God heard and as a mother I could well imagine the emotional turmoil that she must have been going through on the fear and the anxiety the place of isolation and lack um, but God reveals to her, her again in this wilderness where one of the definitions is speech he reveals to her a new facet a new uh, 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 a, a level of his attributes and his character now she sees him from a new angle she he reveals himself to her as Jehovah Jireh the provider because it was in the wilderness that God provided for her and El Shaddai the almighty all-sufficient God the one who has the power to provide what she needed to sustain her and when she received that revelation of God as provider, her eyes were open to see the provision she needed to sustain her and her son. I have been um, going through, uh, I've reading a lot about the different names of God and getting into the character and the attributes of God. And I said, Lord, continue to show me. I know God personally as Jehovah Jireh because of my experiences, because of the times when I have had no one to depend on other than him. But that's fine. I know that God is Jehovah Rapha, the God who is able to heal us and who is willing and who is committed and who has made a great investment and in ensuring that his children walk in health and wholeness. A high price the cost, not just that he was on Calvary being beaten, but having to come from a place of perfection, a place where he didn't know what to be despised and rejected by men, a place where he had to come all the way down to rely on a human being to take care of him. That was the cost. And that, having to be separated from the Father for that period of time for that moment in eternity and carry the sins that was a high cost and so we know that because of that that sickness and if you know me at all or you're connected with me you know where I stand that where that is concerned so I know him as that and now I am knowing him as El Roy the God that sees that nothing is outside of his view you know, sometimes we cannot see things in our peripheral view. We, you know, we can see certain ways. I can't see what's behind me, but God sees everything. 
And so we have to kind of, we want to know him. All of what his attributes are, we want to get to that place where he know him. We know him in all of those attributes. Um, some of us, we, some of us are, or we will find ourselves in a wilderness situation, and it may not be intentional, it may be accidental. We may be in a dry place where we cannot see or hear God. I think of Job when he was in this hard place dealing with all of these challenges one after the other trying to figure out trying to understand his situation and the why of being in a hard place and he said behold I go forward but he's not there he's looking I go backward but I cannot perceive him on the left hand where he works I seek him but I cannot behold him he turns himself to the right hand but I cannot see him but then Job said, but he knows the way I take. He has concern for it, appreciates and pay attention to it. When he has tried me, I shall come forth as refined gold. And then he said, he performs that which he plans for me. And of many such matters, he's mindful. And that's the thing, when we are in this place where we are not hearing, we're not seeing, we're not getting anything at all, we have to know God as El Roy, the God that you're here and you're not seeing him, you're there, you're not seeing him, you're not hearing him, but yet he is El Roy, the God who is seeing you. So what do you see in the wilderness and what are you saying about your situation? See, I've learned now to really harness, and I always say to God, set a guard over my mouth, God, and keep the door of my lips. Because I never, I don't want to be, before I used to do it, but now I want to make sure that I'm aware and intentional of not prophesying death over my situation, not speaking negative, not saying the things that would bring life, the, a life that I don't want. And so when you are in this situation, I tell you, I, I, and I understand what it is to be in a dry place. In 2011, I was in this dry place. I was serving in ministry. I was serving the Lord. But I was in this place where I needed, I felt like I got to go further. I want to grow more, God. I need to be stretched. And I was in that place. And it was the worst place to be. It was so dry. And even when I would go to church, it was like nothing. It was this like hard, arid ground. But towards the end of 2011, in that desert place that I was in, I heard the Lord. I heard him clearly. There was no mistaking it. And then I had to do something with what I heard. So Hagar's vision of what she needed to sustain her and, 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 and her son, it was obscured because she could not see what she needed for life. Her hope had waned and she resigned herself to the possibility of death. She forgot the prophetic promise. And sometimes you, you miss and you lose sight because your mind is being bombarded by the enemy. You're speaking all these things. And so now, instead of being able to be in this place spiritually to see, because of everything that is swirling in your mind that you don't take thought, take those thoughts captive and bring them into the obedience of Christ, it obscures 
your spiritual sight. Being in the wilderness is not an indication that you are not in God's will or out of relationship with him. I was not out of relationship with God and I was still serving faithfully and doing what I was supposed to do. But I was in that place. And as we heard last week that God sometimes allows us to navigate certain circumstances so that we can see his hand at work through the circumstance. He allows us sometimes to be in that place. If, if Hagar had not been in that place, that wilderness, she would not have heard what was needed for the future. Jesus, we know, was led by the Spirit into the wilderness for a purpose, and he was tempted and tested and tried, and he had to withstand every temptation, and it was for purpose. The Spirit led him in the wilderness. The wilderness, though, is not a place for us to get comfortable. It is there for a purpose. Whether you are in the wilderness because of situations that you have found yourself in or whether you're there um, because you're there for a testing, a place of transition. It's a place of testing. It's a place of transition. It's a place, the purpose is to assess how much you have retained from that which was taught. And it allows us to see our level of attainment and to, to achieve a victory. And so some of you might be in a wilderness situation and God is saying, go back, confront it, face it, like he said to Hagar. And when you go back and you confront and you face and you deal with that, then you will get what you need to go to the next level. There comes a time when we must get out of the wilderness. We must be discerning to see what God is saying and where he is taking us and be willing to move into fulfilling our purpose and serving in the kingdom. And, you know, as I, as I was preparing this, I realized that I could not bring a message about the benefits and the blessing of serving. Because if you are in that hard place, you can't even see yourself serving. Because you don't, you, you don't want to deal with that right now. You want to deal with getting out of this hard place. You, or if you're in that place where you need some kind of clarity and direction, then you're not going to be open as far as serving is concerned. And so this today, we need to deal with the wilderness. Whether we're there because we're running from something or we're put there because God is working something in us through us and out of us it is in the wilderness that where we must make the choice to respond to what we hear and what and that which God reveals to us in 2011 when I was in that dry place I had to make a decision I had to make a move and the move that I made took me to a place where I receive teaching where I receive mentorship on the Pastor Verna, where I receive direction, where she pushed me and she said to me, you will be coming out of that kitchen because I served in hospitality and I love, I love hospitality. I love hospitality. I love prayer. I love being in the, but she says, you are coming out. You can't stay there. And so some of us that are sitting in seats 
when you need to be serving because in the serving then you receive more as you give this is the time to deal with the wilderness and then once you get to that place and you make that decision so I had to make a decision Hagar heard God's instructions and she received his revelation for her future and she responded she returned as God instructed and birthed her son and I just believe that God went after her because who knows like a single woman um, pregnant do you know like no hope to get married who's to say if she wouldn't have like taken some kind of herb and had an abortion who's to say that she would not have given that child away and then where would have what would have happened with her future but because God had made a promise and he does not divert from his promises he went after her and she even though this was her first encounter with God she heard and she responded and she was obedient and she went back and see, that's the thing where we have to be obedient. If you're willing and obedient, you will eat the best of the land. If you refuse and rebel, you will be destroyed before the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. Now, that's not my words, but that's right in the word. So don't despise your wilderness. Instead, position yourself to hear and to receive the new vision you need for your next season. And as Pastor Manny had said uh, last week, um, whether we are, he, want, he posed a question, are we able to see with our spiritual eyes or um, are we seeing with a natural eye? In the wilderness, you want to be positioned so that you can see beyond whatever the distress is. If you're believing God, if you're waiting for God to move in some area, you want to press beyond what you're seeing personally and go to the spiritual. We must not allow ourselves to just become enamored with God's word. Don't admire it. That's why every time that I have to speak, it's a nerve-wracking thing for me because I don't want to stand and just put words out there and act like I got it going on and bring in a whole bunch of scriptures and saying nothing that's not going to impact. I want that every time I stand before God's people, whether I'm standing in a pulpit, whether I am sitting one-on-one, -on -one, wherever, whether I'm on the phone, I want that what is coming out of me is impactful and transformative. And so I don't want that people, when I'm standing and they, oh, that was a good word, they're armored with what I said and just, it stays there. We must be inspired, activated, and responsive. The prayer over us last week was that God would open our eyes to see, but it's not enough to see. We must respond and we must act. And right now, I am going to ask the ministry team to join me. And if you are in this place where you feel like you're in a wilderness situation, and you need to get to this place where you can hear God, where you, if you're in a place where you need to make a decision and to step out, and if you need to go back 
and confront and deal with certain things, if you need to hear so that you can move forward, then I invite you to come and let us pray with you. And for those of you who are joining us or virtually, I do not ever want to leave you all out. So the ministry team is already set up waiting for you. You can um, sign in, uh, Bridge Metro West uh, forest slash ministryrooms.com if you can just sign in and someone will be there to pray with you. Um, I would be remiss if I did not give uh, someone that is not saved the opportunity to receive Christ. So right now I ask if you would repeat with me, Father, thank you for loving me. Thank you for sending your son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to save me. I acknowledge that I am a sinner in need of a savior. I repent as an act of my will. And today I declare and confess Jesus as Lord. And Father, I just thank you right now for coming into my heart and transforming my life. So Father, I just thank you right now for every person that has either recommitted to you or have prayed that prayer for the first time. We right now seal it with the blood of Jesus. And I declare right now that you will continue to move in their lives. Father, I thank you for strategic connections and alignments with godly mentors and role models who will come alongside these individuals and who would help them to get through this walk with you. I declare today that there will not be a returning back to the old in the name of Jesus. We rebuke right now and undo the work of the enemy in their lives and we say from this day forward that this is the beginning of their new life in the kingdom in Jesus name so if the ministry team can come and if you need prayer I will be down here also praying with you coming up out of the wilderness leaning on her beloved so come forward don't hesitate run on down there's the moment when the spirit is moving and you do not want to miss this you know humble yourself that he may raise you up that he may bring restoration in your place and your time of need we bless you if you've been here today we know that you've received a good deposit from the Lord. Join us for this coming weekend with Ken Fish, Friday and Saturdays at 7. And until that time, I leave you with this benediction. Now to him who is able to keep you from falling and present you faultless before his presence with exceeding joy. Bless you. Have a great week. We'll see you Friday night, 7 o'clock.
Thank you. 